0: And now, here's Doris. Well, thank
1: you for inviting us into your homes tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And we'd like to remind all of our viewers that we're in the cold, cold weather right now. And we'd like to help the homeless who need to keep warm this winter with uh, the donations of coats. So if you have any new or gently used coats you'd like to donate and some brand new socks in their packages, you can bring them down here to TV20 Studios. Uh, The address is 314 South. Redwood Road and you can bring them between Monday and Fridays uh, between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. and help keep the homeless of our city warm. And also I would like to uh, mention that many of our viewers may already know that there is another purge going on again uh, within the, the membership of the FLDS communities. The powers that be have um, b- began to ban all toys and, and bicycles and trampolines and, and all media access and internet, and which means that news shows and all outside influences are not available to them. They're throwing out members whom they suspect doesn't meet their mold and doesn't fit into their mold. And we want to again announce to our viewers To anyone watching that if you are being rejected or someone that you know is being ejected from the FLDS or any polygamy group there is help there is help from the very heart of God and he will be a shield for you you know uh, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And he also weeps over the victims, the women and the children who have been used and who are being used and abused by this system of polygamy and then just thrown out like some garbage. And if anyone is watching this show who needs help or who knows someone who needs help, give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 877-425-9993. Give us a call and we will help you. We'll either help you or get you the help that you Need. Jesus loves you, and we want to show you His unconditional love. Our guest tonight has been here before, and when the Penn State scandal broke a few weeks ago, he emailed me and suggested that we focus a show on institutional cover up of child abuse and child sexual abuse. And because polygamy is the focus of our show, and scandals, of child abuse of all kinds have plagued polygamy since Joseph Smith first introduced it into our society. Our guest wanted to weigh in on this subject. And so that is exactly what we are going to do tonight. And so I would like to welcome and thank uh, Truott again for being our guest tonight. Thanks for, for coming and your research on this.
2: Thanks for having me again, Doris. And uh, again, thank you for your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, we, as I said on the the email to you, polygamy and something called pederasty are two twin pillars of a, of a of an ancient uh, ritual that was going on in uh, in decadent Greece, and I and my 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 research has shown the ties in, and I think it's really important uh, to, to share with your listeners. This uh, this problem in polygamy is, is affecting young girls, but what about the young the boys, boys the young men? Mm-hmm. There's got to be hundreds, if not thousands, of victims that feel alone. There's no place. And As good as your ministry is, your shield and your refuge, we want to reach out to the... To the young boys. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you tonight. know, I,
1: I think the time has come, in fact, it's long since come, that we aggressively hold accountable those who are doing this and those who are tolerating and keep quiet about this abuse. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, God blasted the ancient people for sacrificing their children to false gods. And the god of polygamy is not the God of the Bible? He's a false God, right. and, and and what's going on is not uh, ha- is not pleasing to God at all. And didn't Jesus warn the people against hurting and offending the little ones?
2: Oh, absolutely. You, you know what? In the in the chur- in the early church culture of, of Christ's time of Judea, the Pharisees, the Pharisaical rabbis, had some practices going on there, and and it was common knowledge worldly what was going on the the young children in that era were pretty much the low rung of society they were they were to be seen and not heard so to speak and right above them were the women the women and the children were very you know very low so the disciples that uh, uh, following christ uh, came to him and, uh, for a teaching opportunity and they asked him who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven trying to get his ideas who's Who's the great? Who's the top top rung in heaven? And he and he taught an incredible story here a uh, lesson. He brought forth a little child. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter. It was a young child. Mm-hmm. And sat him in front of the of the congregation. And he said, "This is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven." And it was he was slapping the Pharisees across the face because they had taught just the opposite. The children were nothing. Yeah, were yeah. Were, were nothing at all. So here's the greatest. But then he taught him something, and let's go to the graphic because it's a neat picture. This is found in Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 14. I use the King James Version as my old missionary, <laughs> my old missionary <laughs> Bible still. <That's laughs> and specifically verse 6 here we read from the King James Version, quote, and who shall, shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me? It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Picture in your mind a millstone, this gigantic stone that would grind, that would grind up all of the, the, uh, uh, the grain and corn or whatever they brought in. Heavy. Heavy, heaviest stone in their culture, mm-hmm. be hung mm-hmm. around their neck and drowned in the depths of the sea. I have a biblical scholar who uh, I uh, have on my radio show quite often, uh, Dr. Rome. And I asked him about this particular thing. He's a, he's a scholar in the ancient Greek and Hebrew texts. And I said, What is the real uh, translation of offend? And he says, Really, it's kind of funny you should say that. In the Greek, and he gave me the Greek word. I don't remember what the specific Greek word was, but he said, It definitely had sexual connotations well, sexual the, the, molestation the, connotations the,
1: the, and of course it's not just referring to that but it definitely is including that
2: oh, absolutely obviously yeah. it is so it said there's uh, there's another interpretation called a spiritual stumbling block but it's just it's an abuse of the children so put this into the context christ is in teaching the disciples thus us in today's new mm-hmm. testament that the children are the essence of heaven, the humility of the innocence and and that of the children Mm -hmm. is what heaven is all about. And then the second part, he was really telling the Pharisees that your practices of what we know today as pederasty, that's versus pedophilia. Pederasty is basically, Doris, a term where a man in authority, an authority figure, Mm uses sexually abuses uh, a young child and you see this is this is the problem with the Penn State scandal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have the you know it's not just a a pedophile he's a he's a position of authority over these young boys that are that are in a an abandoned state these are boys that have lost family they're abandoned
1: I I think what's interesting here is that that he was indicted for Sandusky was indicted for eight Mm-hmm. accounts and then yesterday two more came along and he was arrested again but uh, Joe Paterno was indicted for perjury and failure to report Ports. that he knew about this abuse and yet clearly just like Penn State and we're gonna lead into this as we go just like Penn State religious institutions also cover up just like was going on at Penn State
2: absolutely we're going we're to talk about tonight uh, listeners is is a tough subject it's controversial uh, I, I I'm the first to say that it's something that uh, uh, needs to be addressed needs to be talked about honestly my hat's off to the grand jury of of Pennsylvania that it brought out these indictments we're talking about uh, an institution Joe Paterno's Penn State is an absolute icon in that area of the of the world yet it didn't matter you know what he yeah. did was wrong and all oh, right. he uh, he didn't. Joe Paterno did not physically abuse these boys, right. but he knew about it and just basically told Sandusky, don't bring it into campus. You know, just hide the fact.
1: They said there were 15 adult males who knew about this. And 12 of those adult males were in, in positions of authority or in law enforcement. And none of them did anything to effectively bring that to a halt.
2: The, the law is very clear. When you, under, when you have something like this, as, again, you're an authority. And you have information of this nature come to, you must, you must by law report it to the law enforcement for a number of reasons. It gives protection primarily. It gives protection to the victims. Right.
1: And future victims.
2: Exactly. So this is why it's so important. There's a, there's a neat little uh, graphic uh, with a young boy I'd like to show that kind of sums it up, Doris, if we can have that brought on. Uh, this young lad has a, as a hand up and uh, written on the hand it said, I, I deserve to be protected. Look at the innocent face. Look at the eyes. And that sums it up. I can see this, this young boy uh, as the child brought forth in, in Matthew.
1: Yeah.
2: We need to talk about the victims here today because it's, I mean, that's what's been missing in this discussion. Who's, who's an advocate for the victims? Everybody comes, you know, for for the most part, it's about uh, football boosters and about this second mile and the donors, the large-scale um, political heavyweights that are trying to be protected here. And here in Utah, this, this is something that continues to be ignored, Doris, and this is why I think it's important to to tell the story I think publicly. I
1: think it's, Im- we need to look out for the well-being of our children. Just like you said, he deserves protection, our children deserve protection, but a lot of people don't like to come forward because they're afraid that they're going to tarnish tarnish as squeaky clean image of some great institution, whether it's religious or educational or political or whatever, but they need to be tarnished if they're guilty.
2: Exactly, and the, the sad reality is, and this is shown uh, as you'd research this, this terrible subject, you find that the, the perpetrators uh, typically have a, a history themselves of being abused. It's an ongoing cycle yeah, that uh, the victims become the perpetrators, and unless the cycle is broken, This thing just just eats people alive and ruins Mm -hmm. lives.
1: It It ruins lives, it does. Now, you were telling me about the book that you were reading, uh, The Sins of Brother Curtis. And I told you you had to go for that one because I haven't (laughs) read that book. But you wanted to bring that into the the mix of the discussion. Well, we're going to
2: talk about two books tonight. But we're going to start out with uh, this. it's, It's just a new published book. This is it right here, The Sins of Brother Curtis, written by Lisa Davis. Ladies and gentlemen listening to this today, if you really want to get uh, an eye-opening account of cover-up, as I read this book, i i, I got to tell you, I cried. It, it, it kicked me in the gut because, again, coming out of Mormonism myself, I understand how this corporate entity strives to protect the image above all else. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is the image, not the victim's. Lisa Davis uh, documents in this book the sins of Brother Curtis, a story of betrayal, conviction in the Mormon Church. What happened with a gentleman named Franklin Curtis was absolutely proven to be a serial pederist. pederist. Now that's different than a pedophile. Mm-hmm. A pederist is by definition somebody in authority mm-hmm. that just has need to have this cover-up protection. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, so Frank Curtis. Over a period of two decades, molested untold numbers of Mm -hmm. young men in his capacity as an LDS Sunday school teacher and uh, leader of the 11-year-old Blazer Boys. Now, what Lisa Davis explains in in her, this is an eight-year research project. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Interviewing the attorneys that actually filed the lawsuit, again, Brother Curtis, so named, was long had died. He passed on, but his trail of broken lives, his victims, remained. Mm-hmm. So they tried to again seek closure through the court systems, but more importantly, they came forward, as the book explains, to stop the system. Yeah, to say this is broken. You need to fix it. You would think, as you read this book, and I, I, all the way through it, I've I've marked it and said, my goodness. All they had to do was say, yeah, you're right. These victims are hurt. They're wrong. We have a problem here. We need to fix it. But they didn't. Okay, this is the story of this book. Wow. The, the, the incredible cover-up. I, I, I told my sweetheart, Joan, I said as I read this, says, this makes the Sandusky story look like a Sunday school picnic.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: It's much more in-depth, much more complex, and the, and the hundreds of not, I would say, millions of dollars spent in legal fees to protect the institution.
1: Now, where did this take place at? Didn't you say it was in Oregon? Oregon
2: or? and Washington State, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, the basic story is this, this brother Curtis had, had been found out molesting young Latter-day Saint boys Was actually excommunicated for it, went underground for about a year, then came back and was rebaptized. And his files, the 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 current bishop knew the history, knew him, knew what he was had his problems with before. He was not arrested, he was not turned over to the uh, authorities, not put on a predator list. So he not not reported not reported at all. So what, what brought down Joe Paterno happened in spades here, yeah. but nobody is, is holding this organization no, no, accountable. No
1: accountability there. What about The Prophets Pray? You've got some information in there, and I brought that book up uh, a couple of weeks ago, quoting from it as well. That's an excellent book on the FLDS and, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the atrocities that they have been uh, found guilty of doing
2: yeah this uh, this texas story <laughs> don't mess with the texas rangers <laughs> it would appear
1: we should have a oh, texas God. rangers hat to wear here <laughs>
2: <laughs> or at least a couple <laughs> badges maybe we can become <laughs> deputies in the texas rangers no the the yearning for zion uh complex that was raided uh i don't know how many Literally, millions of, of um, source documents went into there. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah, you know, went into.
2: I mean, so, yeah. the FLDS is a lot like the the mainstream LDS Church in the fact that they're great record keepers and there's an incredible amount of history there. Mm-hmm. So, Sam Brower, the private investigator, he, he wrote the book, Prophets Pray. Mm-hmm. I, I was fairly well acquainted with Sam Brower when I lived in Cedar City. I considered him to be a friend. Uh huh. Uh, he is fearless he he does his job very well and and it was really S- Sam Brower that brought all this really to an apex so mm-hmm, Sa- sam is, uh, Sam has He's the white a hat he 's the hero and doggone it uh, one of the things that uh, that comes out in this book is is what I call well well he calls in the book a secret initiation rite. and I just want to share uh, on the screen I put a graphic up. This is from the book. Again, Prophets Pray by Sam Brower from his notes. This is pages 64 through 65 and into page 67. Here's what the, the book says, and I want to just quote it. This uh, uh, Brent and Brandon Jepps, who, who you've had Brent on this mm-hmm, show, I understand, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, telling the story, uh, courageously admitted the secret that had been haunting them for years. And I emphasize secret, because this is all shh, don't tell. It's a big secret, right? Right. Between the ages of five and seven, they had been repeatedly raped and sodomized by Warren Jeffs and several other uncles. Mm -hmm. Not just Warren, it was the uncles themselves. And following on, again, this is a direct quote. And again, this is graphic for those listeners. Please understand, I'm just quoting from the book. Quote Once the bathroom door was locked, the helpless little boy, Brent Jeffs, was folded over the edge of the bathtub. And Warren Jeffs and a few more of his uncles, all grown men, took turns raping their nephew, Brant, described the pain as being almost unbearable. Then in the book it says, Warren Jeffs would be keyed up tight in his lust and babbled continuously, quote, that it was part of the boy's secret initiation into the priesthood.
1: A five-year-old boy initiated yeah, into, into the, the priesthood. priesthood, right.
2: And I like this, what, uh, what Sam Brower writes here. He says, quote, By the time of the rapes of his nephews, Warren was married to two women. Strangely enough, he seemed to feel no remorse for this action. He could go home after raping this little boy and have a calm Sunday family dinner. Prophets Pray by Sam Brower, pages 64 through 65, and page 67. So, there, see, that's, that's what I want to bring out here. This, what's happening to the, to the young girls in the polygamy issue is, is, a, is a horrific crime, but the, the second pillar to this is this predatory nature of the little boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, it, and it has to be, in my opinion, it has to be exposed.
1: Well, it does have to be exposed, and, uh, and the girls also, yeah. by the way, are uh, raped at young ages very frequently. in in these situations, especially these closed religious groups. There's just no accountability at all. Now, you had some information that you wanted to discuss regarding the Nicolaitans and how that fit in with what we're talking about tonight. And The Nicolaitans is a a biblical uh, group of people that Jesus condemned.
2: Well, again, my uh, my, uh, uh, friend in the the seminary back, he lives in Corpus Christi, He brought a lot of insights into this. Because as as a layperson just reading the Bible, there's a lot of things that I'm learning, trying to learn about. And Pastor Jim has been his his great teacher Mm -hmm, to learn a lot about that. But Revelation chapter 2, 6, verse 6, 15 through 16, gives us some clues. These are the letters of the seven churches, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. Verse 6, to the church of Ephesus, we read, But this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Notice that Christ doesn't hate the Nicolaitans. He hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I, Jesus Christ, also hate. So the church hates the deeds. Jesus says he also hates them. In verse 15, to the church of Pergamos, so hast thou also them that hold the doctrine. They hold the doctrine. Of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Verse sixteen: Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So the deeds and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans are, are, are just mentioned as one stretch of scripture in Revelation. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, that's the only place <coughs> in all of all of the New Testament where it's written. So who are the Nicolaitans, and what are these deeds?
1: Mm-hmm. What's their doctrine? and their
2: doctrine of the Nicolaitans? So. I I asked uh, this this gentleman who's who's skilled in in his ancient texts and tell me what about the Nicolaitans, and oh did I learn a lot, oh my goodness what what is a Nicolaitan this is this to me is interesting, the word is Greek it's a Greek word Uh okay Uh it is composed of two words Nikos which means to conquer. And we find out that the symbol for Nike, 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 Nike is the, shoes. to conquer, the, right. the athletic shoes, Nike, mm-hmm. to conquer, and laity, which is the common people. Right. Thus the word Nicolaitan just simply means those who seek always, this is their deeds and their doctrine, to conquer spiritually and also physically, literally physically, the common people.
1: So it would be, the Nicolaitans would be a group of religious people that have taken the common people and put below them and put a hierarchy over them exactly. to rule over them to in an ecclesiastical
2: And never question them. Yeah, see? don't
1: question your leaders.
2: Imagine and that's
1: what it is.
2: Imagine my stunned surprise when my friend gave me a little sketch of what their deeds were. What were the deeds that Christ hated? I had to call you, with I had to email you when I found this out because the first checklist was of good... They practiced polygamy, was a requirement of the Nicolaitans, according mm-hmm. to the historical text. That went
1: on in Pergamos. Yeah,
2: Pergamos they, they, they did polygamy. It's a re- they, they required polygamy as a means of exaltation and godhood. They taught that men would become gods, but they must be involved in polygamy. I couldn't believe this mm-hmm. uh, as I read it. And then secondly...
1: And what does Ecclesiastes say? There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs>
2: It's like, it's, it's not gone away, it's just kind of gone <laughs> hidden. Yeah, just a little, the Nicolaitans a are little still working today, that. it would appear. Huh. Uh, then yes. the second thing of was, was common in, in that neck of the woods was a pedophilia of young boys, literally offending the young boys amongst these elite leaders. The, this was part of their, their culture, Doris. The, the, the leaders, the, the Nikos, the conquerors, would grow spiritually because of this interaction. It was a spiritual connection to these boys, sexually. Mm-hmm. Now that's so. That was that was the twin pillars of Nicolaitans: mm-hmm. the the pedophilia with the young boys and polygamy. A uh, just like we read in Prophets, pray.
1: Right, right Exactly right. the same thing. And the thing. rituals that went with it, and the secrecies, and yeah. and uh, the exaltation of the of some people over the common people.
2: Exactly, and. Then we find out in Pergamos, for heaven's sakes, they, they had a complex. Now, this is not some, some fictional place you might read about. No, this is what's cool about the, the New Testament. Everything that's there, you can get a, a plane ticket to it. You know, you can go see it and, yeah. and visit it. So uh, in the early part of uh, the, the 20th century, there was a massive excavation done there in Pergamos in this ancient temple complex. And they found exactly what, what uh, uh, the, the letters to Pergamos in Revelation was talking about. They uncovered the, the throne of Pergamos there, just as mm-hmm. exactly what was said. Mm-hmm. And we can find from, from that archaeological excavation what they did and what they practiced. In fact, if you go to uh, Pergamos today, uh, there's actually a slide that shows... The the ancient temple that's there. It's, you can still go and visit it, mm-hmm. and I just want to show that on the screen. It's uh, a ma- see that uh, it was originally white. The the white covering over it has fallen off, and now it's kind of a kind of a red mud covering. Mm-hmm. But see that's yeah. ancient. That's that goes back over two thousand years. Couple years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in the, to the time of Jesus. Pergamos. Mm-hmm.
2: By the next slide, you see the Pergamos is right on modern day Turkey, on the on the. Uh, uh, kind of the Mediterranean coast there. So the, it, it's kind of hard to see that on the graphic, but Pergamos is a real place today. Mm-hmm. You can go there and see that, that complex that was excavated, mm-hmm. an incredible story behind the story, if you will. It is very that.
1: interesting. And and also I'd like to mention that any time, uh, any religion, or, or not religion, but uh, speaking spiritual, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whenever they go the secret route, this is too sacred to talk about. We got to keep this secret, or it's a secret ritual, or we got a secret way to heaven, or, or we're the only way to we need to, anybody that hears that needs to run. Because Jesus said, I did nothing in secret. He said, shout it from the rooftops uh, to, to have nothing to do with the secret deeds Doris, of darkness, but rather expose them.
2: It's good news. Yeah. If you have good news, you want to, you want to if you have a light to shine to the world, you yeah. want to put it on on top of a burtel, right. not it, hide it underneath and it. And
1: make certain people yeah. only eligible for it.
2: That was the other key thing of the Nicolaitan culture. They had secrets. They had elitist secrets above mm-hmm. the laity. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the leaders were endowed. Literally, the word "endowed" was in the literature, with uh, sacred secrets that the common people weren't supposed to know about.
1: And and you know we we hear about this and and it's you know it's come forward into 21st century now and and you know it's got a little more glitter to it than it did in those days, but. The Catholic Church has suffered through this same kind of thing with the cover-up of the abuse of the boys through the, the, the uh, Pergamos-type um, Pope and the priesthood over the laity. Uh, The Mormon church has suffered through not just that one that you've talked about there, but others. I've got a story here where in Washington state, they were awarded, uh, the church had to pay $4.2 million because they covered up a sexual abuse of a father and his two daughters. And of course, we've got the FLDS and the Kingston group and the Allred group and and the, the, the Harmston group and all the sexual cover-ups that's going on in those groups that probably we will never know about because they are so secret
2: see that's what I wanted to bring out tonight um, strongly people listening to this I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure as I'm sitting here with you that there are people listening to the show that know that they have been abused yes okay yes call in yes call the helpline there's there's professionals help you know if you don't feel comfortable doing that then go to the police I mean make your story told the, the neat thing to me about this whole Penn State thing it's it's empowering the victims to come forward just recently two more victims come and I'm telling yeah, you that's just the tip yeah, of the iceberg Right. right okay they now right. see. well now I can be believed I'm not I'm and see this is the other problem with Nicolaitans <laughs> the victims are meant to feel so wrong and guilty for even telling the story mm-hmm. they've this is the story of the sins of brother Curtis the mm-hmm. lives that are shattered by these victims—they are made to feel like they are are the, ones are the that problems.
1: Uh, we before we go to our half-hour um, message, I have a story that I want to share uh, that was shared with me during one of our support group meetings from a, a lady who had come out of a polygamy group. I'm not going to give you the name of the lady or the group that she's from uh, because we wanted to keep this um, on, you know, some kind of a, um, a secret not secret but you know at least confidential. A, a confidential yeah. basis for the victims but she said that, that this that fa- this is a story of a family of ten children six boys and four girls the oldest boy was caught watching the oldest girl and her friends while they were getting dressed and he would often accidentally walk in uh... when she was taking a shower and she would talk to her parents about the intrusion on her privacy but she was told that she should be more careful that it wasn't her fault or it wasn't his fault but it was her, her fault. fault so the problem was just ignored well another of the four dollar daughters had a room right next to her brother who drilled holes in the wall in his closet so he could watch her and peek in on her she complained to her mother she told her that he fondled her and made holes in the walls and washed her in the shower but again blame was placed on her hmm. instead of him she was accused of being provocative she was also chastised by the priesthood with the command to stop causing trouble and creating problems for her brothers. The third girl in this family was, was this lady's personal friend. Her older brother would come into her bedroom. He'd climb into bed with her and fondle her and threaten to hurt her if she told anyone about it. This is a polygamous family, by the way. One time when I was visiting her, she said, we caught him spying on us through the holes in the wall, but he denied it. This went on for years before my friend found the courage to talk to someone on the council because by now she knew that her parents would do nothing to stop it. The mom also played ignorant, and the dad always defended his sons. Sadly, she was told that boys will be boys, (laughs) and it's part of growing up. She was accused of being impure and dirty that she would try to repent so she should be worthy of a good husband. Her brother continued to do more and more sexual things to her so she ran away from home. The council brought her back and she was told that she was creating problems for her family that God wants her to forgive and to be righteous and if she stopped acting like a prostitute these things oh wouldn't happen to her. Nothing was done about the sexual abuse by the brothers and not wanting to live at home anymore she moved away to stay with her relatives. The fourth sister, the youngest sister, said that her brother started messing with her beginning when she was 5 years old. They'd come into her room at night and they lay naked on top of her. Things progressively got worse. Two of her brothers were having sex with her and a third would fondle her and try to force her into oral sex. When I was visiting the family one time, she said she begged me to take her back home with me. She told me about all that was going on. She was severely depressed and wanted to kill herself. So she said I brought her home with me. But her mother threatened to charge me with kidnapping. By the way, she was only 16, the girl was 13, and of course there was no uh, court charges taken because then all of this stuff would have had to come out in the legal system. She, uh, the counsel told her she needed to go back home and work things out. When she got home, they put her in the basement and the boys lived on the upper floor so they thought that solved the problem. <laughs> but you know what? that girl's life and her body are ruined, just like we've been talking about because of the sexual abuse that began at five years old, and it continued through the years unprotected from her abusers. The abusers were her own brothers, but the ultimate sin is on the parents, and it's also on the religious leadership who knew what was going on and should have been protecting these girls, but they refused to do it. And in their refusal, Jesus said, It's better a millstone, a two ton millstone, be bound around their necks and thrown into the bottom of the sea. And in turning a blind eye when you know what's going on and don't do anything about it, it's just as bad. Romans 1 will tell us that. And this isn't an unusual story in a polygamous family, in a polygamous group, but it's one that's getting told.
2: Well, I wish it was just um, limited to polygamous families, but it's not. I mean, it's 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 in mainstream Mormonism. I I I'm here to tell you.
1: Well, it's in it. I've got stories here from the Catholics, from the Jehovah Witnesses, from the Mormons. It's it's to all institutional cover-ups is what we're talking about tonight. Absolutely, and that's true. You know, I think we need to open up the phone lines uh, here. I know time goes by. Um, we will open up the phone lines now the phone numbers 801-973-TV20 20 801 we'd love to hear from you and if there's anyone out there watching this show who has been abused or is being abused call in let's let's hear uh, let's hear about it tell us about it and may you don't have to give your name don't you don't have to To uh, do anything like that. But let us help you if we can. And uh, we would love to hear anyone's input on this too. And as we wait for the phone calls to come in, we do have a message to share with you.
3: You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com You are welcome to join us in our monthly support group Life After Polygamy where you can meet others like yourself who are searching for answers about polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism We meet monthly in the Salt Lake City area For more details about time and place call us toll free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical?, It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream, on demand, directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now... Back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen.
1: Welcome back to our show. We're talking about institutional child abuse and the protection uh, those who will refuse to um, report child abuse and how institutions will protect the abusers. Our guest is True Ott, and he's been giving us some Interesting information uh, about the 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 Penn State and and the books that you've read, and also this uh, uh, Pergamus that Jesus said that he hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans in the time of Pergamus. So um, we we are opening the telephone lines. If you would like to call in, we'd love to hear from you. If you have some input or some ideas about what we're talking about, please call in. Our number is eight zero one nine seven three TV twenty. Okay you had another slide you wanted to share with us some yeah, more information Yeah you know,
2: getting more into the uh, the the biographical history of the the so-called Nicolaitans we find again this was uh, part of the the Pharisaic the Pharisaical rabbi teachings okay that were that was prevalent there in Judea during Christ's time we see that that the Talmud, the writings of the rabbis themselves, gives us a little bit of a historical glimpse. Let me just share with with our listeners the Talmud, is which was, people may not know what the Talmud is. It's the one of the holy books of Judah mm-hmm. of, of of the so-called Jews today. Sanhedrin 55b, 55a. We read there this, and this to me is this sums up the Nicolaitan, the the deeds that Christ it It says. What is meant by this, rabbi, the rabbi said, pederasty with a male child below nine years of age is not deemed as pederasty with a child above that. In other words, below age nine years old, Doris, it's not a sin. It's okay. It's fine. Now, this is in the Talmud, Samuel said quote pedarasty with now hold on to your hold on to your seats here this is directly from the Talmudic writings Samuel said pedarasty with a female child below 3 years is not treated as with a child above that this is I, I kid you not this is right in the Talmud. So it
1: was a crime if they were older than 3 but not if they were younger than 3
2: Basically yeah and and with boys they the, the whole the whole uh, um, history of of, of that goes back to, again, the age of when a young boy becomes, starts becoming sexually mature, so below age nine, and, and this is where it really gets shocking and where the, the hypocrisy to me jumps in here. There is something, I, I tell my friends this and they look at me like, no, this can't possibly be, something called the North America Man-Boy Love Association. Oh, I've
1: heard of that. Called
2: Nambla, Mm -hmm. but it's protected because you see the people that are involved in that. If you look at really who starts this, who practices, it's part of a religious right to them. Mm -hmm. I hate to cast uh, dispersions here, but we're talking about people that are in Congress. Barney Frank, for one, is a is a champion of of this this problem.
1: You know, I, this fits right in with an article that I had uh, copied down a couple of days ago. This was from December 2010, uh, where the Pope, uh, the Vatican, says child rape isn't that bad right. and was normal in his day. The va- victims of clerical sex abuse have reacted furiously to Pope Benedict's claim that pedophilia wasn't considered an absolute evil as recently as 1970s. In his traditional Christmas address, December 20th of 2010, to cardinals and officials working in Rome, Pope Benedict also claimed that child pornography was increasingly considered normal by society. In the 1970s, pedophilia was theorized as something fully in conformity with man and even with children, the Pope said.
2: This is, this is the central theme of NAMBLA. I, I kid you not, on their papers, if you look at their website, they have nambla.org. You can read it for yourself. Don't take our words for it. Read, yeah, Read, yeah, your, read yeah. Your, for Check it for yourself. They okay. are saying that, it, and their, their motto, I kid you not, is sex before eight, before it's too late. I've
1: heard it's that. It's too Beep. late mm-hmm. after
2: age nine years in a day, according to the Talmud. Wow. Okay, so it's okay to have this relationship, and in in their warped sense, there on their website, they're they're trying to make people and society believe it's a spiritual thing. It's a religious right. Okay, it's just like the 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 gay and lesbian movements now. It's a right. It, we have the right to to prey on these little boys.
1: Mm-hmm, Yeah.
2: Come on, it's, it's just not right.
1: We've got, no, it's not right. Uh, absolutely. And, and my pet peeve, I've mentioned this on the show before, and I guess I better do it again, is, <laughs> <laughs> is that they, you know, these, especially the religious institutions, the, the Catholic Church, the Mormon Church, the polygamists, the Jehovah, they all say, we are the only true church. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're the only true church, where's their holiness? Exactly. Where is their godliness?
2: If they're really following Christ, they would do the same thing Christ says: Who
1: don't do anything in secret. And
2: and if there's mistakes made, we're all human. We all there's there's problems. There's problem children in every society. But the the problem is when you start covering up the and institutional wise and make Mm it make it protected as a cover. Right. That's the problem.
1: When anything is secret, run. Just run. Okay, we've got uh, line one. We have Cindy calling. Hello, Cindy. Hello. Hello, Cindy.
4: Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Oh, hello. Yes. Um, I was a member of the Harmston Group. Yes. And um, my adoptive father, who had molested my six brothers, uh, was an, he was an apostle. He was a patriarch. And when I went to Jim Harmston about it, he did nothing. So when I escaped, let's say, from the group, I went to the police. They did nothing. I spoke to the attorney assistant attorney general in person. He said he would make sure that was taken care of, and he did nothing. So what power do women have that have this knowledge? What do we have to get someone to listen? So, no new little boys or girls end up in this situation.
1: Cindy, thank you for calling. Thank you very much for calling. And we wish more people would call in like you because if we had people that would come forward and talk about it, maybe we could move our powers that be or our political right. leaders to do something about these secretive groups.
2: If it's uh,
4: again. I sued him. You sued him? I sued him for, my, for the money he so called. Consecrated, hmm. and I thought by doing that I would shine a e- uh, light on evil, hmm. but it got swept underneath the rug, too. Hmm. Goodness. It took me 15 years for it to be settled.
1: Do you still live down in the Manta area?
4: Yes. I had to leave for two and a half years because I was afraid for my life.
1: Are you the city Number spoke one on the years blood ago? atonement list. Are you the Cindy I spoke with a while back?
4: Uh, When?
1: Uh, It's been two or three years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's good to hear from you. Okay. Yeah.
4: Good to hear from you, too. So
1: so what's going on with the Harmston uh, Group down there these days?
4: It's dwindled down to just very strange people and why he's keeping them. They must have some money that he wants (laughs) because that's the only reason he wants you.
1: Well, he told everybody to quit their job because Jesus was coming back, and they needed to be ready to go with him. So, what's oh, yeah, happened he with told that? Him,
4: You're too good to shovel turkey shit. He was so crude, <laughs> you know, and about sex. And I mean, he said such crude, awful things that I mentioned it at, at that time to my father, and um, he said, "Oh, you know, that's how Joseph was, He was a little crude." Mm. Wow. you know there was always an excuse
1: yes yes well cindy we do thank you for calling and we do invite people that are listening to the show who have listened to your phone call to, to have the courage to also call and talk about what's going on thank you cindy oh
4: you bet and you may contact me at any time
1: well thank you i will do that bye 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 we have the off-air question um, and i'm sure you can answer this one have you oh, heard yes. of the book Leaving yes. the Saints by Martha Beck.
2: It was one of our slides to bring yeah. up. And yeah, there's, there's a, if we were just to talk about the list of of uh, problems besides the sins of Brother Curtis, we'd have to have, have a whole other show on it. Well, but, we can do that. But, but Martha, Martha Beck's book, you bet, uh, Martha Nibley Beck, I must say, the daughter of Hugh Nibley, the iconic professor at BYU. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, how I think the book is, is titled... Uh, how I left the saints and found my faith or something of that. And, and in the book, she alleges memories of, of abuse sexually by N- Hugh Nibley. And a family came out against her and, mm-hmm. and this and that. But uh, I've read the book uh, a number of times. I believe it uh, mm-hmm. very much so because, of again, it's not just her. There's, golly, we could list. How about, how about these? Uh, there's Brother Thomas Eugene Dawkins. The, uh, these names, you can research them yourselves, uh, listeners. LDS Sunday School teacher convicted of torturing. And we tied this young, this young girl up torture, tortured her and then molested her uh, sexually. Uh, brother Hugh Nibley, again, uh, his daughter Martha Nibley back. Uh, brother Corey Campbell up there in Weber County, another story how about uh brother brian david mitchell not just brother curtis how about what happened with brother mitchell and uh and how he offended elizabeth smart the the list is just there's there's literally uh 10 pages mm-hmm. of of uh similar stories so yeah you know and it, again it's it's not just mormonism we're talking about uh i send you an email of what's breaking in in, in brooklyn and new york city concerning these Orthodox rabbis, and now 89 charges being yeah. filed there. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. it goes back to, again, a religious practice. It's
1: and, a religious practice, like you were talking about at, at uh, Pergamum.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's going on there. Exactly, the, the, continues. The,
1: someone takes over, takes charge, and you have the laity, the people who are supposed to blindly follow the leadership. Right. And and they can do no wrong.
2: As Christians, and whoever, you know, is listening to the show and wondering, You know, we're really throwing stones here at institutions. I just want to make sure to leave with with, uh, the scripture in Ephesians 6.12. And it's so apropos here. For we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. We don't fight the people per se. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. Against what the rulers of darkness Mm-hmm. of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah. That's who we fight against. And so, you know, the, the, the def- definition of spiritual wickedness in high places, if you learn anything tonight from the show, learn the word Nicolaitans.
1: Yeah, that's, learn it. That's
2: who they are. Study
1: it up. Study mm-hmm. it up for yourself. And what I would also like to say uh, for those watching the show who have may be, maybe you have been or know someone who's been a victim of rape, incest, or molestation no matter how it occurred or by whom it is not your fault and you're not like your attacker please realize that no one is above the law and that includes whoever is or has attacked you sometimes your abuser will threaten you or tell you it's all your fault or sometimes they you may not even know that what's happening to you is abuse or that it's illegal but there's no one, I want you to know, there is no one on this planet who has the right, the authority, or the privilege of touching you in private places or of doing anything to you that hurts you or that violates your personal privacy. Not your father, not your brother, not your uncle, or your grandpa, or your group leader, or your, your prophet, or anybody else has no right to touch you. Or your scoutmaster. Uh, or your scoutmaster, nobody. No one has the right to hurt you that way. If that's happening to you, report it. That's the only way to make it stop. Call 911. If you're afraid, call family services or a trusted friend or a neighbor. Call us. Call somebody who will help you and keep you safe. Your abuser needs to be stopped or he'll go on hurting you and you also will be that will make him free to continue to hurt you and also other people that he may not be hurting now and we also want you to know that you're not guilty for what's happening to you we want you to know that God wants to protect you but keeping silent cannot ensure protection don't give up hope but seek help instead your abuser doesn't love you if he loved you he wouldn't be doing that to you. But God loves you and his love is unconditional. And I I just get very passionate about oh, this. And, and, and this afternoon I was thinking about this and I thought the neglected ch- child sexual abuse in polygamy groups is too much. You know, they've got this huge statue probably going up of Warren Jeffs. In the YFC Ranch, thirty feet tall, oh with long flowing robes, holding a Book of Mormon and a young girl by his hand.
2: Yeah, really? Oh my goodness! It's
1: just they're just glorifying this this pedophilia.
2: Well, see that's what that's what also happens here. And again, uh, what you said there is so so important to to bring out again. Christ in the old in the New Testament didn't say that those who were offended. Should be drowned in the depths right. of the sea? It's those who do the offensing. Right, exactly. And see, it, 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 it's so wrong when the victims are made to feel like they're the problem. And, and see, that's, again, the, the pages of the book, The Sins of Brother Curtis, where she shows profiles, uh, Lisa Davis, the author, uh, interviews and shows profiles of these victims that are now adults, Endorse the lives that have been shattered. Oh yeah,
1: they're ruined. These
2: these young boys, they're they're so emotionally uh, messed up. They're into drugs. They're into alcoholism. Many of them are in behind bars because mm-hmm. you know they they're meant to to feel so terrible. It's and and it's it's a it's a cancer on society. And I want to just say that it that's is. why it's against the law. It okay. Is.
1: We have, uh, we're getting close to closing down, but we have another call from Sharon. Let's see if we can take it real quick. Sharon?
4: Yes. Yes, can you do a really um, quick phone yeah, call? I decided to take you up on your own for a call tonight and just tell everybody that I've been in, in the Mormon church for 66 years, and I finally sent in my letter of resignation. No. I am just waiting to hear back from them, but... Um, <laughs> I just have such a sense of relief and just to be out of that whole scenario.
1: Good, Sharon. We're glad to hear that. We thank you. Thanks for calling and thank you for sharing that with us, Sharon.
4: You're welcome.
1: Thank you. Uh, God bless you. Bye. Bye. And Sharon had called in the show, oh, two or three months ago and had over some situations she's wanted to talk about. And now she's she's uh, been listening and watching and... And uh, now she's made the move. Well, thank you, True. We're at the end of the show. I want to thank you very much. We can do this more. There's more, always more to talk Absolutely. about. And I just appreciate the, the work that you did on this. Well, thanks to,
2: to, uh, the, to the listeners. Uh, get a hold of these books, uh, The Sins of Brother Curtis. Hey, it's Christmas season. Give the gift that keeps on giving. This is an incredible book. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, you've got to get a hold of it and share it with uh, your, your LDS neighbors and friends. And, and
1: if, yeah, exactly. And child abusers should be keenly aware of Jesus' warning in Matthew 18:6. And this warning is for those who are abusing children and for those who know about it and turning their collective heads away and doing nothing about it. The devil's own work is to hurt and to abuse and to offend the little children, to place anything in their way that keeps them from trusting God is not a safe place for you to be. Great damage has been done to children by men who are professing godliness but are lurking in the shadows of evil darkness to hurt and to abuse and frighten and shame those little children. Children need to be protected, not harmed and abused. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is made up of people who are like these little children. And what Jesus? What did Jesus mean by that? Well, G- children naturally trust the people around them. They have no false humility, no false self-righteousness, no arrogance and pride that would keep them from trusting God for their eternal life. If the kingdom of God consists of those with childlike faith, what child can possibly keep a long list of rules and ordinances that adults have conjured up for them? What child can enter into rituals and oaths and volumes of doctrinal teachings that and then obey them perfectly? What child can fulfill the doctrine uh, that polygamy is required for salvation? What child can understand and faithfully support a religious community or commune? Somebody's got something wrong when they produce a long, long list of works uh, to earn eternal life. Yet Jesus said only people who are like children is going to enter the kingdom of God. Since Jesus alone gives us eternal life, He's the one who knows how to get there, trust Him, trust His love, His grace, His promises, and His cross. That's the only way. Good night.